And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. There's an old Garfield the Cat cartoon where Garfield says the words, diet is die, with a T at the end. Now, for most of us, that's true, especially in these days where we have all these fad diets. You know, too many people have this on-off relationship with diets. You go on one, you lose some weight, you go off, you gain all the weight back, lather, rinse, repeat. But it doesn't have to be this way. And on today's program, my friend Elizabeth is going to share her story, and through hearing it, we can learn how to be empowered by eating and we can live our truly best self and live a guilt-free life. Elizabeth, it's my pleasure to talk to you today. Thanks for having me, Tony. Well, tell us your story today and how these changes really empowered you. I guess my story is possibly similar to many other people in that I struggled with food pretty much my entire life. From childhood even. Um, I was overweight and then eventually obese. Uh, I was an emotional eater, a binge eater, and possibly a food addict. I just felt completely out of control around food. And for many years of my life, I lived in denial about it. Through my teenage years and into my early 20s, I would tell myself that, you know, I hide my weight well, I'm big boned, which is not the truth at all. Um, I'm actually quite a short, petite woman. But these are the things that I told myself rather than owning up to what was going on. So what changed for me was that I was living in this place of denial. I was really unhappy. I wasn't feeling confident. I was stuck in these kind of limiting beliefs and full of guilt and shame um, around food and really unhappy in my body and lacking confidence. And it was funny though, because I also had this also this empowering belief at the same time that I could do anything. My mom had raised me saying that like, you can do anything you want. And when it came to other goals, like learning different languages, traveling, education, trying new things, I, I could accomplish them. I considered myself an achiever, but when it came to food and diet and exercise, it was make a promise to myself, break a promise to myself. I had absolutely no trust that I would keep my word. So I was living in this place of denial and I went to try on some clothes one day because I'd been asked to be a guest lecturer at my university and I was really excited. It was the first time I was going to do this. I was proud of myself. I wanted to look good, feel good, be confident. And so I was trying on these outfits to look the part and in the change room, nothing fit. Like it was such a, such a powerful moment for me. I was devastated actually, because it hit me all at once, the weight that I was carrying. And I don't just mean physical weight, but also the emotional weight too, of, you know, physically, there are a lot of diseases that run in my family. And so I was at risk of that. And emotionally, I just, 
like I said, lacked confidence and was so unhappy. And it was in fact um, impacting my relationships to others and how I showed up with them because I was thinking about why are they judging me? Do they think I look fat? Are they thinking about what I'm eating and, and all these sorts of things? So I wasn't able to be present with them. And it was just limiting me on the things that I would try as well because I didn't want to fail at it. And so it just hit me all at once. And I just remember crying in the, in the change room and breaking down and probably looked or sounded insane to anyone on the outside, but it was a really big moment for me. And I knew in that moment I had to make a change. And so I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. I just knew I had to change. I didn't know how. And so that was about, let's say about a decade ago. And so it began a long journey for me to get to where I am today. That journey was, you know, I tried all the typical diet advice track your calories, eat less, move more, exercise programs, weight watchers. I weighed and measured every single thing that I put in my mouth. I recorded it. I had no sugar, no flour. That meant no pasta, no bread, no chocolate, no cookies, no cakes, nothing. Like I lived in this place of denial. And I had this belief that, you know, denial is strength. I can just have willpower. And it worked in the beginning, like many diets, like you said, Tony, in the introduction, they work for a period of time. Um, and I wasn't vegan at this time either, but my weight would fluctuate. It would go up and down, kind of like that do- diet yo-yo cycle with my mood. If I was really happy, my weight would typically go down. Um, if I was going through a difficult period of my life, my weight would go up. And- oh, I totally understand that because I'm one of those people who, when I get stressed, I'm a stress eater. A lot of yeah. people don't eat when they're stressful and they lose weight. But when I get into stress situations, I'm like, all right, give me the chips. Give me the French yeah. fries. Give me those you know, foods that are not good. I used to eat ice cream a lot. And that was one of my big things. My story was eat ice cream. That'll cure everything. You have a sore throat, have ice cream. You have an upset stomach, eat ice cream. You're not feeling well, you're depressed, eat ice cream. But it definitely does not suit us and does not get us down that right path. Yeah. And because I hadn't addressed what the actual problem was, I didn't get the actual solution either. It wasn't a lifestyle. I was just kind of like frantically knew I wanted to make a change, didn't have a plan, didn't have a support system, didn't have anything. I was just like, I'm going to track all my food (laughs) and that'll give me a sense of control when I feel out of control around food. And then I went vegan about five and a half years ago, thinking that was not for, that was not for weight loss purposes. It was a more of a, like a moral ethical decision on my part and hoping it would improve with my improve my health um, like digestive issues and things like that and I also believe going whole food plant-based that the weight would just melt off that's what I was hoping I was like oh I get to live in line with my beliefs and the weight will it won't be a an issue anymore it'll it'll be done and again it comes back to this idea that it wasn't a lifestyle it was that quick fix yo-yo diet kind of Thing, and I wasn't ad- uh, addressing the emotional issues that I had. So I did that. And I did lose some weight going vegan because I was no longer eating my go to favorite comfort, comfort foods. But then I found vegan versions. So again, it didn't really change my behavior, um, just temporarily. And it was a great journey going vegan. Let me stop you there because I'm okay. just curious what those comfort foods were. I love pretty much any type of cookie. I'm like the cookie monster (laughs) for sure. Chips as well. Chips were like my kryptonite. Like I could eat an entire bag pretty easily, especially salt and vinegar chips. Oh my goodness. I was just 
we were like on the same page because I was just going to think, yes, uh, barbecue and salt and vinegar were always my two mm-hmm. favorites. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Doritos. Oh, my goodness. Those were those were killer. <laughs> yeah, there's so many. They're just like the crunch, the salty, the sometimes sweet, like it's just got everything you need. <laughs> mm-hmm. My comfort food, too, was well, I mentioned ice cream. And then the other is mac and cheese. You know, mm-hmm. I love mac and cheese. It was just my thing. And being a fellow vegan, plant-based eater, as, as I am now, and I've been for two and a half years, uh, that was hard for me because that was one of my staples. I had it at least two or three times a month. I would make homemade mac and cheese, and I learned to make a vegan version, and there's a couple of different versions you can make. I found that the best one that I make is where you're actually using carrots, potatoes, and onion are the three primary ingredients with this stuff called nutritional yeast, which mm-hmm. is not like regular yeast. It's not alive. Yeah. It's it's a product that's very, it's a cheese-like substance and some spices. And I could actually make a pretty good vegan mac and cheese. And the nice thing about that is when I used to eat mac and cheese, you get that Ugh, feeling in your gut mm-hmm. after you eat too much of it. But with this, you're eating healthy items. But yeah. Again, there is vegan junk food out there that mm-hmm. you can also have, and you don't feel so good when you eat that. It's interesting yeah. how, you know, vegan doesn't necessarily mean healthy. It's the choice of food that you eat. So I'm going to, I'll direct you back to your, your story. So you were talking about, you were looking for a quick fix and you wanted to be in control of your diet. Mm-hmm. You just kind of found that really there's no quick fix and it has to do with yeah. your mindset. Yeah, it's all about mindset. That's what I realized. It was kind of and connecting with yourself too. I was very disconnected from myself. When you were just talking there about the comfort foods before I was vegan, I would also eat mac and cheese or things with dairy. And I'm like severely lactose intolerant, which is not an issue now that I do no longer eat dairy, but I would eat things like ice cream, knowing I would be sick afterwards. So it was, I didn't have control around food. I didn't have that connection with myself to actually listen to my body and see what my body's, the feedback my body's giving me. And so it was a process. This mindset shift was learning to trust, accept, appreciate, and love myself and listen to those cues that, you know, if I eat something and it makes me feel sick, why am I eating that? Yeah. Whether it's vegan or not, that's not the the issue. It's like, what am I doing to myself? Why am I, why was I weighing and measuring my food, which helped me to lose weight, but it showed that I didn't trust myself to make those decisions to determine how much to eat, when to eat, um, why I was eating the emotional cues as well. And so what's the shift that's happened to me mindset wise has been that this is a lifestyle. This is a long-term sort of thing. This is a real, it's all about the relationship to myself because often I was not connecting coming from that place of connection with myself. So I was looking to connect with external things, whether that was with people, whether that was with food to fill some sort of emotional void, because I wasn't going back to myself and trusting myself. So that's been a really key learning for me is that process of learning to just listen to myself, sit with myself, not shame or guilt myself either actually appreciate what my body is telling me and accepting the choices that I make. Because one of the the things that people who struggle with food is they have these rules and restrictions around food. Like I won't eat chocolate on the weekdays, or I ate too much, or maybe I'll skip breakfast 
or something like that. They come up with these kind of rules and things. And so it's a restriction because you're trying to get back that sense of control. And I thought I was going to lose control and I was so afraid of it. And that's what kept me stuck. So it's been this process of learning about myself, learning about my needs and my feelings and how to have them met. Cause often I was just using food. That was the easiest thing. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm bored food. Well, what do I actually want? What do I actually need? Those are kind of the questions I ask myself now, because if I say, Oh, I want chocolate. Well, do I need chocolate or do I need rest? Do I need connection? Do I need like, what do I actually want? Well, I actually want energy. Chocolate is a quick way to get energy. Food gives you energy, or I could just give myself a break. What do I need? I need to give myself a rest, go have a bath, go have a nap, go for a walk. So it's like, this is the process of bringing mindfulness to my choices um, and intentionality. And so that's been a huge shift for me. I love that bringing mindset to choices because we listen to our bodies, but sometimes we break into these habits that we've had. And like you mentioned, the habit is if you're feeling tired, you know, grab something with a lot of sugar in it because Mm -hmm. that'll give you quick energy, but it'll also give you that quick sugar crash after about a half an hour. And then you'll feel worse than you were the first time. And then you go into the same cycle again, you go and get yourself another sugar. So recognizing that, you know what, I'm running a little low on energy. You know, maybe I need to just get up and take a walk or just do something. My body is telling me that, you know, I need to create some energy and there's so many other ways. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what we have to start doing. And like you said, being mindful of that, connecting with yourself. And that was all about that lifestyle shift. And you also mentioned you're lactose intolerant. And, you know, I did some research and did you know that there's a huge percentage of Americans and actually people all over the world who are actually lactose intolerant and they don't know. And I think it's because really who is giving that milk? It's a cow. And you know what? We are not cows. You know, when we have a baby or actually when you have one, because I can't have one, (laughs) (laughs) I can be in that process. And I've done that. I have two children, but the mother is given milk to give to that baby. It's human mother's milk. It's not cow's mother's milk. You know, my cats, they tell us at the vet that we're not supposed to give cats milk, even though, you know, cow's milk, because it can actually make them sick in the same way. I don't know why we don't listen to that. You know, you got these commercials out there that say milk, it does a body good, but really, mm-hmm. is it really doing our bodies good? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. And it's true. I think the statistic I remember, but don't quote me on it, I believe uh, is around 90% of humans in general population are to some degree lactose intolerant, maybe not severely, maybe they don't notice it as much, but there is some form of lactose intolerance. So what's kind of helped me on this connection journey as well is acceptance too of, you know, acceptance of when we were talking about having the snack and the chocolate, sometimes I do have the chocolate and that's not a bad thing. It's about, but it's about bringing that mindfulness, bringing that intentionality to it going through and thinking, what do I want? What do I need in this moment? What's going to serve me best? And that has been the most empowering thing, I think, for me to remove that judgment of like, chocolate is a good or a bad thing with any food label, unhealthy, healthy, clean, dirty, good, bad, whatever it may be. And because those are judgments that we bring often to ourselves as well. If I eat 
too much chocolate. I'm a bad person, or I shouldn't have done that, or that was shameful, or, you know, all these sorts of thoughts going on in our head. Whereas what's the truth here? I ate chocolate. Okay. Does that change who I am at my core? If I gained five pounds, does that change if I'm a kind person, a compassionate person, someone who cares about others? Does that change if I go up or down five pounds? No. So it's like, that's been the most empowering thing. And so now it's like, I overcame the thing that I thought I would never overcome, which was food. And now it feels like anything is possible. I made the impossible possible. So what else can I do? And that's why I try to um, that's why I help people with my, my current line of work so that they don't have to take the decade of struggle like I did. And for many people, they struggle with it's food, but I'd say food is the superficial kind of problem. It's really a more question of this, like trusting, accepting, loving, appreciating yourself. And food is like the band-aid solution. If we don't know how we're feeling, <clears throat> if we don't know what we're needing, then we look to it's any addictive behavior. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be sex, it could be gambling, it could be your cell phone, social media use, it could be food. Um, they're all driven by this same kind of process. Yes. Yeah. And food is also very cultural. That's where some of the comfort foods came from. But, you know, while you were talking, I just jotted down something because it kind of came to me. Diets are a strategy to help us love ourselves when we're not feeling lovable. Mm, yeah. We're trying to find a way. If we go on a diet, we'll lose weight. We'll be able to fit into that dress or suit or those yeah. jeans that I used to wear. You know, what do we call those? The skinny jeans? We yeah. can fit into those if we, you know, starve ourselves. But you know what? Then we feel worse because we're feeling like we're missing something. And in a lot of these fad diets, there's a lot of nutrients in our bodies that we are missing out on. So mm -hmm. I think it's picking out what your healthy lifestyle choices will have you eat. I mean, our bodies really know what we need to eat, I think. I think we need yeah. to pay attention to that, you know, like we talked about with being lactose intolerant. You also mentioned having a clear moment where you realized all this, and that's when you made that shift, that big lifestyle shift, your mm -hmm. mindset shift. And everybody has these moments in their lives. I like to call them wake-up call moments. I write about that in my book, Strive to Thrive, where we have a wake-up call moment, and we can either choose to go down the positive path or the negative path, but most mm -hmm. of us choose to go down that negative path. And in your case, you stopped, you looked at how things were, and you chose to connect with yourself, and you chose to go down the positive path and mm -hmm. to remove judgment from certain foods. You know, you may not always reach for a piece of chocolate when you're feeling low energy, but you know, when you want that piece of chocolate, dark chocolate, I guess, because that's what I eat. Uh, yeah in the vegan format, I will grab that piece of dark chocolate and I'll have it, but I'm not going to snack on them all the time. I'm not going to binge on them, but mm -hmm. you know, it's being mindful. Yeah, exactly. And I think the thing there that you touched on about feeling unlovable and worthiness, I think that's really key as well. That's what I had to work on. Uh, that root cause was, you know, my worth was tied to if my weight as my weight went up, I felt worse about myself as it went down. I thought, see, this is, I thought that was going to change how it was perceived by others, which would then make me feel better, but it didn't because it didn't change how I perceived myself. And even when I got down to my lowest weight, I still had the thoughts of like thinner, 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 thinner. I hit my goal weight. Okay, let's go a little bit lower, which is not a sustainable way of being. 
And I had to take extreme measures to keep at that weight, like restricting more, exercising more, getting stuck in a, a pattern. That doesn't work either. You have to do that inner work to actually believe that you're worthy, to believe that you're loved, that you're enough. And that is sometimes a challenging path. Like you said, you can fall back into old habits. And that's part of the journey too. It's like, it doesn't happen overnight. That's the quick fix mentality that I have to be perfect. It's going to happen in this amount of time. And um, I have to do this, 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 and this. And if I don't, then I'm not good enough. It's it's not about that. It's like, we're all on this journey. And if we think we're going to be perfect, then nothing will change. It's progress, not perfection. That's really what I go for. And that's the beauty of things. And looking back and celebrating where you've come as well. I look back at that girl who was 180 pounds was around my highest weight. I don't actually know my highest weight because I wouldn't get on the scale because I had so much like emotion tied up in it. But I look back and I, I had to forgive her. I had to appreciate the intent behind what she was doing and love her and, and see that we do the best with what we have at the time. And I was coping with a lot of things and food was the path of least resistance. And you were talking about the habit, getting stuck in habits. I think of it as in terms of like, choose your hard kind of thing, because people think of the healthy lifestyle, exercise, getting all those nutrients by eating more fruits and vegetables, which I think regardless of if you're vegan or not, we can mostly agree that fruits and vegetables are part of a healthy diet and drinking enough water, things like that, these core principles that can be hard. It can be hard. I'm not going to lie. It can be hard at times. Sometimes I don't feel like going for a walk, but I know I need to move my body and it'll make me feel better afterwards. But then we also don't look at staying the same is also hard. If I hadn't changed, if I hadn't gone down this at times difficult journey, I wouldn't have learned these lessons. I would have stayed at that weight. I would have still be feeling those emotions that I had inside of me not loving myself, like that is an extreme cost as well. Maybe not having a relationship or living the, I wouldn't be living the life that I want to live. And that's also really hard too. And the cost of inaction can be quite high as well. That's what I kind of present to people or present to my clients is choose which life you want to live. They're both going to be difficult in their own ways. They're both going to have their rewards, like eating whatever you want, whenever you want feels good in the moment. I'm not going to lie. If I like having a piece of cake, that's enjoyable. I can still do that now as well. But when that's the only thing that's bringing you joy in your life, to me, that's kind of indicative that there's a larger problem here. Ooh, that's deep right there. Because <laughs> if we're eating to get our only enjoyment, you're right. That is indicative of a bigger problem. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of this has to do with the decisions that we make. You know, I was just recently listening to a talk by a young lady by the name of Carissa Kuchis. Uh, she goes by KK. She is one of the people who work uh, for Tony Robbins, and she's a this little ball of energy. But one of the things that she said was that we're not making decisions. We're making preferences. Mm -hmm. In other words, we prefer to be thinner or we prefer to eat healthy. But if it's a preference... It doesn't necessarily mean we'll do it. We just prefer it. But you know what? Eh, it's just a preference. But when we actually make a decision, this is what we're going to do, where it becomes imperative that we have to make this decision, then that's the time that we'll make a change in our life. And I thought that was a pretty huge insight. It is. We all have preferences and preferences shift over time as well. 
but decisions are kind of like when you make a decision and you follow through with it, that's going to change the trajectory of your life. I could have a preference for oat milk one day and then a preference for soy milk the next day. And that's not going to make a huge difference in my life. But if I make a decision that I'm going to do yoga every single day, which is one that I did, I'm almost at 500 days straight now. Wow. That's something that, yeah, thank you. That's something that has changed my life in positive ways. I mean, there's been days I didn't want to get on my map, but it taught me the importance of following through on your commitments. It taught me the importance of, you know, showing up for yourself. I make that choice and I show up for myself and it makes you feel confident and empowered. And there's been other benefits too. My posture has improved. Yeah. It brings me peace and calmness and centeredness, but like that was a decision. It's not just a, it's not a preference because there's days, like I said, where I don't prefer to do yoga necessarily. Like I'm tired or, or something. Most of the time I absolutely love it. And it's something I want to do, but there's days I don't want to get on the mat, but that was a decision that I made. And that's what's changed my life. Not my preferences. One day I want to do yoga. One day I don't that's here, there. And I think that's one of the processes that's really important in life is showing up for yourself and holding yourself accountable out of love, because this is one of the things that's really valuable to me or important to me is discipline because for so I've gotten comments from people about like, well, why do you make yourself do, let's say yoga every day? Like, why not just give yourself a break? And I tell them that it's discipline because I love myself because I care about myself, because I want what's best for myself. And that applies to food as well. I allow myself to have things I recognize when I want chocolate, I keep using chocolate, because that's one of my favorite things. I don't blame you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You can substitute your favorite (laughs) food of choice. But discipline is like, I know I'm going to have the basis of my diet will be whole grains, plants, vegetables, and then I can have other things. And you know, I do this even when I go out to eat, I might, I'll probably have a salad as like the option that I choose. Why? Not because I'm trying to lose weight, not because I feel like that's the healthy thing. I have to do that. Or I have guilt around, like if I chose to have a, a burger or something, but because I love myself, that's the food that makes me feel the best. That's the food that gives me the most energy. That's the food that keeps me alive, feeling vibrant. And because I love myself, this is one of my key questions or guiding principles that I started to live by. It's live like you love yourself and eat like you love yourself. So when I ask myself the question of, if I really love myself, how would I behave? What would I do? What relationships would I have? What would I eat? How much would I exercise? Because people can overexercise too. You can have too much of a good thing. And so um, living like I love myself has become a core kind of principle for me. Eating fruits and vegetables, I love myself. They make me feel good. Exercising regularly, I love myself. It keeps my body strong. It's good for my overall health and fitness. It's discipline, yes. And it's also out of love and caring for myself. And so I thought, that was something that's a really important distinction because if I were looking at myself from like 10 years ago and I said like, oh, I drink two liters of water a day, I exercise, I do yoga every day and I probably walk every day, most days at least, and I eat only plant-based and all these things, she'd be like, why would you do that? Like, you love cake, you love cookies. Like, why do you deny yourself? But it's not denial, it's out of love. 
because I know what makes me feel best. You know, I thought about that in a way that when they ask you, why do you deny those things like I love cake, for example, we'll use that. Or why do I not go and eat ice cream because I don't eat ice cream anymore? I mean, I'll eat uh, plant-based with plant milk and an oak milk makes a really good ice cream. And I'll have that on occasion. But why do you deny yourself these things? And you say, because I love myself more. If we compare that to a relationship, why do we choose to marry someone? Because you know, hey, there's a lot of other men and women out there, whatever, you know, depending on, you know, there's a lot of other people out there that, that we could choose to date, but yeah. we chose to be with this person because we love them more. So mm-hmm. in the same way, if we love ourselves more, we'll make those yeah. food choices. And just back to that whole instant gratification thing that we were talking about earlier, you know, mm-hmm. everybody is looking for the quick fix. That's what the fad diets are all about. That's what this yeah. keto thing is, you know, it's a quick fix, but Doctors and scientists have actually said that that's not the healthiest diet to eat. In fact, it's actually not really very good for you, but it will give you short-term weight loss. So we're looking for a quick fix. And when we get that energy where we're low energy, we find that quick fix. We'll go and eat that candy bar or eat something. Mm -hmm. It'll taste really, really good and we'll really enjoy it. But long-term, we may not feel so good. We'll eat that bag of chips. But a few minutes later, maybe an hour later, we'll go, oh, now I got a kind of a stomach ache. Whereas if we eat something that's healthy and good for us, we're looking at the long-term effect. We're loving ourselves because, you know, we may not get an instant gratification out of eating, you know, kale, but <laughs> um, it's going to be healthier for us in the long run. And you know what? Maybe a few days later, we'll eat, start eating foods that are good for our joints, good for our muscles, and we'll start to mm-hmm. feel better. And we'll wake up the next day and we'll have more energy because yes. of those choices, because we chose, like you said, to love ourselves more yeah. than the choices we make. Yeah. And the thing about lo- living like you love yourself is not just saying no to something. It can be, I love myself today. I'm going to take a break. Like I'm not going to exercise today because I feel I'm connected to my needs of my body. And because I love myself, it's telling me, oh, it's sore today. I'm just going to take it easy. So it's not to say like, oh, I love myself. So I must exercise or, oh, I love myself. So I must only eat quote unquote healthy foods. I call them nourishing because I try not to think of like healthy or unhealthy. What's going to nourish me. Yeah. It's from that place of love and from connection with yourself that you make these decisions. And I think that's, that's the distinction for me that I was missing before, because when I was so obsessed with the number on the scale and seeing it go down and getting that image that I had of the perfect body, which is not possible because I'd look in the mirror and it would, to other people, it would be attractive and I would just see my flaws. Mm. And so from that mindset, you're never, if you only see the flaws, you're only ever going to see flaws, no matter whether I was 180 or 110 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I could probably go on for another hour in this discussion because it's really interesting. And I'm sure, I mean, we haven't even talked about the whole, you know, ethical part of eating and that's a whole Mm -hmm. other topic. Maybe we'll have you back and discuss part of that at some point, but that would be fun. But for right now, if anyone wants to reach out to you and maybe you could help them with this type of change in their life, this way of living, this way of empowering yourself through food, uh, how would they do that? Uh, Well, if you want to find me, you can find me as Elizabeth Faith on Facebook. And I also have a group on Facebook called Vegan Food Freedom. And the same thing, Vegan Food Freedom on Instagram, vegan dot, like a period food freedom. 
Um, and that's probably the best ways to reach me or send me an email at Liz at veganfoodfreedom.com. Liz at veganfoodfreedom.com. That is yep. awesome. Before we close, I try to ask my guests this question, and you may have heard it before, but basically, mm -hmm. what does being purposely positive mean to you? Oh, it's a good question. I think being purposely positive is choosing to see the positive side of things because we can all fall into that place of negativity or things happen in life, whether it's COVID, whether it's losing your job, whether it's gaining a few pounds, um, whatever it may be. And we can beat ourselves up about it or we can see the like, oh my goodness, this is overwhelming. Or we can make the choice to be purpose, like purposefully choose the bright side. And I think that's where the empowerment lies. That's where it's like the celebration. For me, it was celebrating and loving my body and my myself, choosing to see the good and accepting, acknowledging, appreciating that good within me rather than focusing on what I perceive to be my flaws. So purposely positive is exactly that. We have a choice and we can choose whether we look on the bright side or look on the not so bright side. It makes me want to whistle that song that goes, always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> I've heard that one. It's uh, it's from uh, Monty Python, actually. But yeah. yes, yes, uh, but that's great advice. We should always look at the bright side because we can always find negative. If we look for the flaws, we're going to mm -hmm. find them. But why not wake up every day and think about gratitude, appreciation, what's good about that yeah. day? And that will help us when it comes to what we put on our plates as well. Yeah. And it's not to say bad things don't happen. People definitely do have struggles and challenges, and I don't want to minimize that. It's just everything is in the meaning you place on it, that you associate with it. To some people, you could ask them about getting cancer. It's the worst thing that, that could have happened to them in their life. And then to others, it's the best thing that's ever happened to them because they started to value life and they started to do things that they always wanted to do, but were too afraid to. And now they realize that the time is now. So it's really about what you associate to it. And I think that's also being purposely positive. Yes, I love that. Elizabeth, this has been a total pleasure to have you on the show. And I know we'll have you back at some point to have another discussion. But I really want to thank you for spending the time with us today. Yeah, thank you. you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the purposely positive podcast brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. And you know, if you're out there striving, even with diets or with life in general, come to TonyWCoaching.com and download my free ebook, Strive to Thrive, and that will help you to take that purposely positive shift in life and to go where you really want to be. 